This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 66. The Ackley Family Haunting. Many hauntings start when a family moves into a new home and begin to make adjustments and repairs. However, most cases go on to be horrifying and cause the family to have to uproot their lives once again to escape the torment. For the Ackley family, that was not the case. For the nearly 25 years spent in the home, the family remained happy and content with their ghostly house guests. This is the story of the Ackley family haunting. It was a hot July day in 1967. The sun bled down on Helen Ackley's face as she looked up, squinting as beads of sweat fell into her eyes, blurring her vision. Her husband George was excited for her to get to see their new prospective home in Nyack, New York. The large Victorian home had been vacant for seven years, and its age was showing. It wasn't much to look at, and was clearly a fixer-upper. She knew their work would be cut out for them. As she continued following the realtor and her husband into the home, they reached the large and spacious hall. Suddenly, an overwhelming feeling of belonging overtook her. She knew she was home. It wasn't long before the offer was made and the necessary paperwork had been filed. George moved into the home ahead of the rest of the family. He was already working in New York City and it allowed him to be closer while Helen and the children closed on the previous home in Maryland. News of the family buying the old Victorian home spread quickly. The family found themselves being questioned on a near daily basis by the neighborhood children. Do you know the house is haunted? Did you really buy the haunted house? They would laugh and agree. They knew that there would be stories being told of the home as it sat vacant for such a long time. Old homes are often seen as scary and they knew it would come with the territory. To their surprise, it wasn't just the children that seemed to be scared of the home. One day a plumber was working on some of the pipes and water lines. He asked Helen, are you going to be here long, Mrs. Ackley? 
She told him she was going to be picking her husband up at 5 p.m. that day. He then proceeded to tell her he had been hearing footsteps going up and down the stairs and walking overhead. He had went to check on the sounds numerous times and found nothing or no one to explain them. At that point, he was concerned for her safety. His workday was complete, but he did not want to leave her in the house alone. Don't worry, Bob. I might as well get used to being here alone, she replied. Later that night, Helen told George about the incident with Bob. George didn't appear to be surprised. He nervously shook his head in confirmation and settled into bed. Helen realized the hall light was still on and started to get up to turn it off. Leave it on! George quickly barked at her. She was confused. They normally did not sleep with any lights on. Since when do we leave the lights on? She asked, concerned. Since the first night I slept here. I don't want to talk about it. He replied as he rolled over and went to sleep. Helen tossed and turned for a good portion of the night. She didn't understand what there was to be concerned with. She loved the old house. She felt calm and content and only experienced good vibes in the home. She was happy. Old houses creak. It was normal. So she thought. It wasn't long before she too would have her share of experiences in the home. While working one day, she heard footsteps coming in multiple directions. Initially, she assumed maybe some of the neighborhood children had snuck in to get a look at the inside of the house. However, there was no one else there with her. On another occasion, Helen watched as a light fixture cord swung over the family dinner table on a windless day. All of a sudden, it stopped in mid-swing, as though some unseen force was holding it in place. She also watched as the French door suddenly flew open, along with multiple windows opening on their own, while the family was hosting a small dinner party with friends. It was quite evident, something was happening in the home. It became such a common occurrence. The family found themselves nailing down the windows and closing the French doors when they would find them ajar. They lived with the footsteps and the strange occurrences, even though they could not explain them. One night while George was away on a business trip, Helen had been reading and decided to pace around the home in the dark, as she did from time to time. She stopped to admire the view that overlooked the Hudson River from the large window in their dining room. She watched as the lights danced off the ripples of the winter-chilled water, just taking it all in. Suddenly she felt consumed by a chill on the left side of her body that caused her hair to stand on its end. She held her breath as she slowly 
and cautiously turned her head to look next to her. To her surprise, there was no one there. However, she knew with everything in her, there was in fact something there with her. It's beautiful in the river, isn't it? She nervously asked aloud. As the words left her mouth, she could feel herself starting to ease and her nerves calming. She didn't feel threatened by the presence next to her. They stood there for a few more minutes before Helen turned to walk across the room. As she did so, the invisible presence followed her every move. When she reached the doorway, she stood there for a moment, the ghostly entity standing next to her the whole time. Thank you for sharing the view with me. I'm going to bed now. Good night. She turned and nervously continued down the hallway by herself. The children in the house began to share in their own experiences. Cynthia, the daughter, was awakened by her bed shaking. She continued laying there for a moment and the bed shook harder. As soon as she jumped up, it stopped. This became a daily occurrence. It was as though some unseen force was trying to push her out of bed each morning. Despite her feeling like the situation was a bit spooky, she wasn't scared or upset. Although she feared it would continue during the upcoming Christmas break. After discussing the situation with Helen and George, they suggested she request the invisible force to allow her to sleep in that week. She did just that. The following day, she wasn't awoken by the violent shaking of the bed and was finally able to sleep in. Over the following years, they continued to make improvements to the home. It wasn't surprising that the strange occurrences continued. One night while entertaining guests, the living room window flew open on its own, startling those in attendance. Helen nonchalantly replied, that's enough now, while closing the window. One day while painting the living room, Helen stood on an eight foot tall stepladder. She could feel an odd presence, an eerie sense of someone watching her. She knew her husband was at work and the children were in school. So no one else was in the home at that point. She continued painting and decided to ask aloud, I hope you like the color and are pleased with what we are doing to the house. It certainly must have been lovely when it was first built. She could feel the energy become much heavier. As she looked back, she saw a small man with gray hair and a light blue suit sitting in a rocking chair, suspended in midair. His rose-colored cheeks glowed by the light of the fireplace as he smiled and nodded in agreement. He continued nodding and smiling as he slowly disappeared. She knew he was happy with them being there. Later that night, she told her family about the gentleman in the living room. 
Cynthia was very interested, as the shadowy figure she had seen in her room was quite different. On numerous occasions, she was able to make out the outline of a thin, hooded figure that was medium height and appeared to be a woman. It was clear at that point the home was being shared with several ghostly occupants. A short while later, Helen's cousin Alfred, his wife Ingrid, and their daughter all came to stay with them. While sitting down for breakfast, Ingrid's hands shook while she held her cup of coffee. She had been awoken in the middle of the night to someone walking around the room. When she looked around, she spotted the silhouette of a man dressed in a long coat, similar to that of the Revolutionary period, standing in front of the French doors. He then moved to the foot of the bed and sat down, with his back facing Ingrid. She felt the mattress give as the weight of the man pushed it down. He then took out a book that appeared from nowhere. The inside pages glowed. He then proceeded to flip through the pages before closing it, standing back up and disappearing. Throughout the remaining years in the home, the family became closer to the ghosts that inhabited it. The strange occurrences they had come to know and expect continued, but the family also began to experience different occurrences. The ghosts would leave them presents or gifts. Cynthia was left a pair of small silver tongs when she got married and also later received a small golden embossed baby ring to honor the birth of her child, the first grandchild in the house. The family loved every moment they experienced in their old Victorian home, up till they decided to move. It was with the heavy heart they chose to do so. The children had grown up, and Helen wanted to downsize and move to somewhere warmer. After that point, the house was listed for sale. By no surprise, they quickly received an offer on the home made by the Stambovsky family. Helen made sure to disclose the fact that the house was haunted to the potential buyers. At that point, Jeffrey Stambovsky laughed and shrugged it off, not buying into the claims. Shortly after signing, while still in escrow, the Stambovsky family decided they wanted to back out of the deal. After learning more about the house, they felt that they were not given the full story, despite Helen's attempt to be transparent in the beginning. Despite Jeffrey not believing in ghosts himself, he felt that since others believed in them, it would look bad as a potential investment opportunity. After a request was submitted to the courts to refund their down payment and request additional money for the misinformation, the courts declined their request. Due to the caveat emptor, it was the buyer's responsibility to do their due diligence and ask any question they may have before committing to purchase a property. Unhappy with the court's ruling, Jeffrey filed for an appeal. 
This in turn landed the case among the New York Supreme Court. Justice Rubin, along with two additional judges, declared caveat emptor did it matter in this case, as the family wasn't dealing with anything physical. They also declared the house legally haunted and ruled Helen reimbursed the Stambovsky family with half of their original deposit. Since the court case ended, the house has had numerous occupants. There have not been any additional reports of hauntings or anything similar to what the Ackley family experienced. The court case, also known as the Ghostbusters ruling, has also gone on to be one of the most unique cases for the nature of the subject matter and the only legal haunting in history. Welcome campers to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We are your hosts. I am Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now the debrief. And now the debrief. Beat me to it. All right. All right. Yes. Yes. Uh, this week we're discussing the Ackley house. I guess, yeah. see, like, the thing about this house is, I mean, I guess the one, the... I guess the whole story that we're talking about is based around this family. So yeah. I don't really know what else to kind of call it in that regard. So, yeah. Sure. I mean, I think the, the house is generally known in like, you know, 14 circles as the Ackley house. Right. right. Named after yeah. this, this family. I think this is like the first haunting we've done in a while. And yeah. <laughs> not even know if I, I mean, consider it a real haunting, but, you know. <laughs> I mean... Not all hauntings have to be scary. This is right? like Casper. <laughs> yeah, this is distinctly not scary. Yeah. But I think it's super interesting because was it was the difference here the fact that Helen Tellen, right? Yeah, Helen Ackley. Yep. Was the difference that she was so like chill and calm and like and open with the with the ghosts yeah maybe well, that's what made this not a bad experience for see, everyone like the whole thing about this is the husband is the first one that moves into this house right well the family yeah. uh they're still like she's kind of going back and forth as she's you know like working on doing some minor renovations and stuff while he's working the kids are in school and they're also working on uh closing on their previous home in maryland right. um so like you know, he's getting to have all these experiences first by himself. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's very like he you know, he he's not very comfortable in the home. Yeah, and he didn't have as good a time when it was just him on his exactly. own. Exactly. And Helen, you know, she loves the house. Like as soon as she walks into this like main like this just this main hall area, and if you look at the pictures, which we should at least throw up like this the zillow or whatever yeah. like listing because we'll definitely we'll definitely beautiful we'll definitely link the zillow in our at least in our like facebook fan group we'll yeah. we'll drop it in there because it's an so it's an insane house uh yeah and it's yeah. now like now what was it quoted at? i think i was saying like 2.2 like, million yeah. so yep. yeah uh but regardless like as soon as she walks into this like main like this main hall area she like instantly falls in love and so it's after that that you know all the you know as she's coming in she's doing some work in the house and 
uh, everybody else is out. She's being told by like the neighborhood kids, like, yeah, your house is haunted. Blah, 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 blah. And she's yeah. kind of brushes it off. Like, yeah, you know, that's she's, it's kind of to be expected. Um, sure. you know, there it's, it's a new, they're, they're a new family in the neighborhood. The house has been sitting empty for so long, whatever else. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, she, so she dismisses a lot of that. And then well, that's even, why, that's why I put in my notes, all empty Victorian houses are haunted because <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> if a house like that sits empty long enough of course it's gonna get some you know urban legends yeah, around it's, it it's gonna it's it's like and like i mentioned in the story it's it comes with the territory right yeah um you know so that first night that they're staying there that she stares there with him um you know she is working with the the plumber and he had mentioned you know the walking up and down the stairs and the footsteps overhead and stuff like that and she just assumed like oh the men of the house like they they must be whatever you know yeah and even the husband like when she like she goes to turn off the light and she he tells her like no do not turn that off and yeah. then says as she asks like why he's like i just don't want to talk about it like she yeah. has this like kind of feeling of like i it almost seems like she's like man <laughs> you know like I, I I don't know, uh, you know, without like being being rude, but I think it's more so like she sees this as a place of like comfort, like comfort yeah. and stuff like that, and yet like she's being told these other things and these other people are experiencing these things. So like this is before she really actually starts to have her own experiences. Yeah, I feel like in the beginning here we have the the reverse of the classic horror movie dad. Oh yeah, right, right, Where you exactly. Have, like, the dad like oh it's, this place is haunted and i'm it's a yeah. bad ex leave the lights on and the wife is like what are you talking about who gives a shit that's not real yeah i don't yeah, know i mean it's crazy that's that's the feeling i got at first but i'm i got the feeling as the story goes on that like i wonder if she has like a history of like like clairvoyance or see you know that or, that's a good question that's a good question like she's so calm with the now, with the haunting not all the time though like a spe specifically uh when we talk about like she's up in the middle of the night she you know her husband's on the business trip she had been reading and decided to kind of walk around the house in the dark uh which yeah I, yeah i guess dude i do I that all why. the time really i knew you would that's think so that was weird. weird yeah but i do that all the time i like at night when i when i'm done every light in the house is off and i just walk around the house That's in the dark so strange i don't know why anybody would do that like i don't i don't know it's comforting <laughs> <laughs> i'm I like either it. staying in bed or like turning on a light when i have to get up to piss like that's how it is you know yeah. um yeah. so yeah she, so she's up she's walking around just pacing the house and decides to go look out their giant window that that overlooks the hudson river out there dining room uh yeah the dining room yeah and as she's standing there you know just admiring the water admiring like you know just the lights from the city reflecting back stuff like that she just feels this presence this extremely eerie presence and yeah. like even even in her description you know she basically she got a little scared yeah she did right and yeah. the way that she said as a person she she's very good under pressure and under stress Clearly. so she decided to say hey you know it's a nice view isn't it basically like 
And as soon yeah. as she said that, she felt like all the all the nerves and everything kind of starting to slowly ease. Yeah. Um, which I mean See, that's why I think I think Helen and her approach to this haunting may have really been the difference between between this being this sort of lighthearted story about like wow look at this quirky family in this haunting right the difference between that and telling like you know a horror story i think it may have been her approach yeah to dealing I, with the haunting that changed that yeah i i you know that's that's probably true um as i think a, a lot of it like she do she would she would say like out loud like talking to these things yeah. um you know and that's when she saw the man floating in his his rocking chair like nodding you know in like agreement that he liked what she was doing with the place yeah she's like hey you like this paint color yeah and then them suggesting cynthia like being awoken every single day violently shaking in her bed yeah like maybe tell them hey you're you're on vacation for the week maybe maybe calm down and then it stopped for that week yeah you know um I, yeah brilliant which, yeah i i wouldn't think to do those things you know right i'd be like yeah yeah I, you know it would almost seem like just it it almost seemed horrifying but the way that like it was seen it was like they it was almost like the family welcomed it yeah um and See, i know reading a lot of the descriptions and stuff where they would find the door sitting open like they'd be like oh no not again you know like yeah yeah, like just little things like that uh, that I'd be like, really? Wow. Yeah, and they're just like, you wacky ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, That's it. Yeah. When you when you were telling the, the story about the daughter being sh shaken awake every morning, I I thought maybe like this is like a, a mother or a father yeah. ghost, right? Because I got to thinking, like, I have just on autopilot woken my kids up on a Saturday morning for school. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've right. definitely done that. And, like, imagine if, like, maybe you're on your way to, maybe a person's on their way to wake their kids up and they, like, slip and fall down the stairs and they die. That's, like, the last thought in their mind when they die. Maybe. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, that's possible, I guess. And, like, I mean, obviously huh. it's just spitballing, but like, yeah, I just had this idea of like, that's what's, that's constantly what they're thinking is like, I got to get the kids up. See, I you definitely, I, mean? I saw that motherly instinct, especially as she later on described this as being most likely a woman, Yeah, uh, that motherly instinct of like, you need to get up for school. Like, and, and the, the way that like, even, even Helen would describe, uh, Cynthia would get up well before, like before they had ever moved. She yeah. was waking up much earlier and like, you know, and, and, she, and Cynthia even, even like basically talked, like it didn't bother her. She wasn't afraid of it. It yeah. was more so an annoyance because she wanted to get to sleep in every now and again. Sure. So, yeah. which, I mean, that's such a strange way to look at things. Yeah. I mean, the whole family seems so open to the situation. Right. That's why. Exactly. I, that's why I wondered if maybe they'd had previous experiences in other places. See, but everything, everything that I've read and that I've tried to find, because there, honestly, there's, there's not like a whole lot of like previous information. I know Cynthia's came out like since as an adult and kind of talked about things. Um, but everything I've been able to find, like they had never had any experiences like this. 
And Helen yeah. even said, like, if we ever have to move, I hope that these things come with us because I'm going to miss right. it. She's like, I'm going to miss them. Right. That's, Which is so, so sweet and wholesome. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, I don't know. I find this story really nice because, like, imagine you're a ghost, right? <laughs> and yeah, I'm starting Let me the just imagine like that. it. Sure. Yeah. Imagine you're a ghost and you have to try so hard to communicate with the living. Like it takes so much effort and energy and you finally do. And the person you're talking to just screams and runs out of the room. Right. True. Like yeah. how, how frustrating would that be? And how often is that the like catalyst to a like angry you're right. spirit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, it'd be frustrating, you know, like, so yeah, I could, I could see that leading to some negative, you know, negative yeah. effects. Whereas in this case, they're like, yeah, what do you think about this? He's like, yeah, it's looking yeah. really damn good. All right. <laughs> right. I mean, I know he wasn't saying that, but you know, like that's, yeah. that's, that's what the <laughs> nod implies. That's the impression that I get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and even like in the situation where she's a little uneasy, she's just like, Thanks for enjoying the view with me. I'm going right. to go to bed now. Yeah. I mean, it, it was nothing like every, every approach that they took and every like, you know, like counter to these things happening was never anything negative. And so I think that's why it was such a positive experience for them. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think that's like something that, you know, like people would normally do. I agree. I think most people freak out. Right. Exactly. Right? It's, it's your kind of first, like, that first instinct is to, oh, my God, this is different. Like, what do yeah. I do? Right. And um, I think that that goes along with the way I kind of see this this sort of phenomena. Like, yeah, I think that the intentions and energy that you put out when you're interacting with, you know, the other or whatever this thing is. When you're interacting with it, I think has a huge role in the energy you get from it. Right. Basically what you put into it is what you're yeah. essentially getting back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I did have one question. Okay. She sees... Who is it that sees this guy in sort of a revolutionary so war that, era? That is uh, Ingrid, which is Alfred uh, Helen's cousin. Uh, it's okay. Alfred's wife. Um, she happens to like wake in the early morning hours and right. sees him like just over by the over by the the French doors. Um, okay. And then he comes and basically sits on the bed. I found that kind of surprising because there's no way this house would have been built during the Revolutionary it, War period. It was built in 1890. Yeah. So about a hundred right. years off yeah which is yeah um, a little 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 strange but i've also and we'll we'll kind of touch back on this but i've i've heard and seen some other things about some of these quote-unquote spirits that haunted this house mm -hmm. uh being just not even not even from this house but from the area itself right i mean that's what i was gonna say is like nyack new york there definitely was some some revolutionary war battles fought in that area so it could the, i mean this could have just been a field of battle before the house was built yeah that's you know that's what I possible mean? yep there were i mean there were lots of there were lots of flashpoints for the war along the hudson river so that that definitely could be the case yeah 
Yeah, I know that's that's kind of like a, a kind of more strange thing. And I know depending on what you read about uh, Helen's, uh, I guess, run in with the, the old man when she's painting. Yeah. Some people say he's like decked out in like war attire as well. But her like depiction of him was he was in this like really slick light blue suit with his his cuffs like rolled back and you know like you know like yeah and, and like a pumps 19 and everything why like, am i looking dapper oh, pumps okay so when you said a light blue suit with the cuffs rolled up i was thinking like a 1980s coke dealer <laughs> <laughs> not quite like that i mean rolled up enough to where you can see like his like uh you know ruffles of his Forearms. like nice oh okay cuffed link cuff linked right. sleeves and stuff like that yeah so it's still that era that that sort of yeah of older course. victorian right. era mm-hmm. okay gotcha yeah gotcha and then the so there's another which i didn't talk about in the story but cynthia talks about later on in life that she like uh well she talked about it later on in life but it happened during this time period where she walked into her bedroom and she sees like because she's always she always saw the silhouette of the woman like kind of in the the hooded the hooded whatever hooded figure but she walks in and clear as day sees this like blonde blonde woman in this victorian like era uh dress and stuff like sitting at basically at her vanity brushing her hair and everything and they kind of just nod at each other and then Cynthia says, basically, well, I need to go to bed now. <laughs> yeah. And this woman gets up and just disappears. That's um, so weird. Yeah. It's so calm and just like, it's like you just bump into a roommate on your way to bed. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's 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 essentially what these were. We're just like yeah. roommates, like, you know, welcomed house guests. But I, 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 maybe the Ackleys were the actual house guests. I don't know how to really yeah, look at it in this case. I also wonder because this house was built in the 1890s. That's like, and it's on the East Coast. And obviously it's a huge, beautiful home mm-hmm. that like wealthy people of the time would have built this home. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that like, there's such a high probability that the people who lived in this house were into like spiritualism and theosophy because it was so huge with the upper class during that time period. That's fair. Okay. So, like, I would love to know if these people were having, like, seances in the basement and were having... You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that was so uh, that's common true. then. That's true, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't find any of that because, like, I mean, with this story, there's the information that we have, their accounts of everything, and, like, that. that's it. Like, yeah. a lot of, I like, the past and stuff, we don't know. Um, you know, like, there's, a, there's apparently... One of the neighbors, um, his said said at the time, and this because they bought the house in what was it? The they were looking at it like the late '60s, I believe, if I remember right. Okay. Um, but said his grandpa was uh, one of the builders of the house okay. back in 1890. Did you um, find the neighbor's name? His name is Sean Sean or Scott. Uh, I think it was Scott, but that's all I have. Yeah, so I, that's that's where like a lot of a lot of the information is very very vague. Right? Dude, we have to dig into this. Well, I'm like, 
there's yeah man there's there's some crazy stuff though that happens here right so yeah um and maybe we'll we'll brush on a little bit as we as we get dive a little bit further into this i'm just Um, like i i just became like 100 percent dedicated to figuring out who built this house well what's also really cool about it is the nyack area itself is kind of like one of those overflow places where like you know especially people looking to live in new york city because it's right. literally like 10 minutes from the city uh overlooks the the hudson river and the also crazy thing about it is it's literally right next to sleepy hollow oh yeah yeah so and okay. then you know like which the obviously origin point for the headless horseman exactly yeah yeah so like this area is rich and like in its history and everything and also it's eerie weirdness exactly right yeah, yeah just in the strain strange and weird so like you know it's very much almost like a yeah just a, a grounds for for just a lot of this to happen yeah so here's the thing if i if if we can figure out who built this house and like do some like s- some deep research on who originally lived here We'll do like an update episode on the Patreon or something where we can just dive deep into it. Cause I'm, I kind of love the idea that these like, you know, super wealthy people that definitely would have been responsible for building the house. Yeah. Um, would have been into stuff like this. And I wonder if it like set the, because it seems to be like a collection of spirits from the area, not just like people who lived there. All right. This is where we'll go ahead and get into it. So there's, um, so years later right so years later after a lot of this has happened um so helen ackley she ended up like submitting like some uh some articles just about their story and Mm -hmm. additionally like just very became very open on all this stuff and uh you know like just was very straightforward about it so sometime later and this is kind of more towards the end of like their their stint in this house uh she ends up being contacted um she ends up being contacted a random random call she receives uh and by a man claiming to have been contacted so he was calling on regard and i guess on behalf of like someone that had claimed to have been contacted by the spirits in the home okay (laughs) and they had the spirits had claimed to call themselves sir george and margaret okay and they actually wrote a book and i was trying to find the book and the book is, is just like paperback book on amazon's like 60 dollars so yeah I it's out of gonna print. buy it um yeah. but it's written by bill merrill and glenn johnson and the book is titled sir george the ghost of nyack and okay. he's apparently not from this house but he's from the area but he's one of the spirits now that is attached to this house see that's why i think i'm thinking they that someone along the line was into like spiritualism and stuff because if they were doing like rituals in the house that could have drawn spirits from the area to become attached to the house true true. you know yeah which i'm very interested in finding at least finding a copy or something of that book because like to have because apparently that tells the story of the lives of the spirits that are in this house of the victorian woman and 
I'm assuming, I, I don't know if it's gonna be that like revolutionary period, you know, coated guy or mm -hmm. that like dapper looking old man, you know, I don't sure. know, I don't know. But like, those are said to be like two of the, the main spirits in this house. And to have like some story that tells of them, whether or not it's bullshit, I don't know. Sure. Or whether it could be enlightening and tell us a whole lot about what happened, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's one of my goals to to at least find find a copy of that for less than sixty dollars. For less than sixty dollars, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it sucks when you find books like that that are like you know twenty five years out of print. Right. And you're just like trying to find a used copy somewhere. So and, if any yeah. of our listeners happen to have a copy oh, you want to yeah. send my way, even just to let me read, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, that'd be awesome <laughs> for sure. But you know, I I doubt that'll happen. I'll yeah. Hey, don't discount the don't don't discount the campers. They hey, that's might, true. That's true. Yeah, they have they vast resources. Exactly for sure. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that's I think that would be really cool just to find out because I think like us talking about a lot of this origin of this house and a lot of that, I think that that's probably going to be covered within that. Yeah, it you could know, be telling telling like the lives of because. I mean, to, my my biggest thing about this is this man claiming that he was contacted by the spirits in the house. I'm a little turned off by the the way that the guy contacts them. Yeah, you know? I agree. I, I think it's, it's a little strange, but it's a little like, hey, I'm three people removed, but I'm the one reaching out to you. Right, exactly. Yeah, because he's calling on behalf of the other guy that apparently said to be contacted by. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, like it's why weird. didn't they say something to Helen, or why wasn't like? Yeah, uh, apparently they they got a new cell phone plan and they just wanted to put it to use. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is that no, they, like old T-Mobile thing where you had like your 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 friends uh, like, you had, like your, your five inner friends circle? Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, I we guess. might be showing our age. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe doesn't matter. Uh, I remember when minutes were only free on nights and weekends. Exactly, man. Yeah. Same as man. long distance. Right. Yep. Yeah. I remember calling collect. <laughs> <laughs> Using a phone card. Oh yeah. For sure, dude. Yep. Oh yeah. For sure. Anyhow, I mean, maybe that's what they yeah. were doing in this case. That was their only that was their only way that they could do it. It seems weird because I think the reason it seems off is because Helen seemed to have such a good relationship right. with exactly. Them. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like it seems like why not go to the matriarch of the home? Yeah. And just be like, hey. We used and to she be seemed plenty plenty intuitive. Yeah, you know? I would think like, so she she saw one of them in like full body apparition so clearly they yeah. didn't have trouble true like contacting her yeah exactly exactly i don't know pretty fishy Ex that's, what I'm, that's what i'm saying you know yeah. but i'd still like to read the book it's still it would still be cool to learn right exactly it's yeah. probably still a cool historic ghost story yeah yeah but I mean, outside of that, there were there were a lot of other experiences that people would have in the home, like all the children, because I mean, there were four children. Uh, yeah. Cynthia is really the only one we kind of talked about 
Uh, but all of them experienced like the shaking of the bed at least once. Um, okay. Items would go missing, reappear in lo other locations. That's pretty common. Uh, there was yeah. one thing about George had made this like baller ham sandwich. <laughs> and okay. apparently it went missing and he blamed the family and they're like no no that wasn't us and then it became a running joke that apparently ghosts really like ham sandwiches <laughs> yeah um <laughs> dude i i totally understand the frustration you like go to the grocer you get all the like stuff yeah that you exactly never, you never go out of your way to get for a sandwich mm -hmm. so you can make this like bomb ass sandwich and that's exactly the how they described it was like it was a well-deserved sandwich yeah. yeah yeah um their daughter Kara lee would often feel a presence of someone sitting on the empty living room sofa when she was near um they saw okay. of course continued apparitions i mean many people saw them like not just the family itself but friends and family relatives like ingrid that we talked about um yeah. Uh, George even saw one one day when he was downstairs in like the basement or just down in this area where the upstairs led into this hallway and as okay. he was walking up he happened to see a disembodied foot uh, moccasin sorry okay walking down the hallway he just saw the shoe I just saw it for like a split second I'm assuming he was like yeah. leaving the area so he didn't get to see like the full he just saw the moccasin. The moccasin was the most notable thing. Interesting. Yeah. And of course, they would hear like random voices in empty rooms and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, they, they continued to experience a lot of things throughout the whole entirety of their, you know, their stint in the home and everything. And they um, were there for what, 25 about years? About 25 years, yeah. That's crazy. Long enough for the children to grow up, uh, move yeah. out and do their own thing and come back and uh cynthia uh she i think her her original husband had passed away she got remarried and then they were visiting the home and her husband at that point ap actually happened to see the same apparition the same woman that the she saw woman? uh it was the actual like uh the blonde one the, yeah from my understanding it was okay. the actual apparition of the woman yeah not just the silhouette of the hooded hooded lady yeah okay. um so which is which is pretty cool. Uh, so you they mentioned get to the thing about them, that. like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned a thing about the ghosts giving them gifts. That's so yeah, that's it's not something that really got really went too in depth about. Um, it was like it became like a thing where they felt like they were close enough to where they would actually leave presents and gifts for uh, you know for the family. Most notable okay. were the, uh, Helen had described them as a tiny set of, of tongs. Uh, what were they? Golden silver tongs? Silver tongs. Yeah. And um, a golden And a golden ring. embossed baby ring. So I- Okay, my question is, what the fuck is a I, baby I ring? I want to ask the exact same thing, because I don't know. And there is was that like nowhere... a ring that, I feel like it's either a ring that, like, signifies your baby that the mother wears, See, or is it a ring that okay. the baby wears? <laughs> <laughs> or is it just a teething ring? We don't know. Sure. Um, yeah, no, that's your Golden question is as, good, <laughs> is as good as mine because <laughs> I could not find anything else on that other than Helen stating like this is they, they were leaving us these gifts. Um, but Did never... you try Googling what the fuck is a baby ring? 
I didn't, but let me <laughs> let me do so right now. Yeah, I'm so curious. <laughs> I don't understand. Baby ring. Uh, so what are baby rings? Baby rings are very small rings designed for children's fingers. They were popular during Victorian times and were often used for photo shoots. Made from oh, gold shit. and other precious metal, these ring metals, these rings were often resembled. Uh, often resemble tiny signet rings or pretty patterned bands. So the least likely option in my mind was actually the That's truth. the actual thing. Yeah, they were legit rings for the children to wear. Interesting. Yeah, and apparently it was popular during Victorian times, so which makes yeah complete sense in this case and Shit. lines up. So yeah, there we go. Okay. Now we know. Mystery solved. Yep, easy. I mean, it sort of makes sense if, like, you stick it on your kid for a photo shoot. Right. Because yeah. obviously you wouldn't, like, put this ring on your finger, small child, and don't lose it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Put this yeah. on and never take it off. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Yep. Learned that yeah, I, today. I thought that I thought that that was strange too, and I didn't even take the, the time to look it up <laughs> until now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. Hey, we're here together. So, it's uh, fine. Now, the one the one really cool thing, we'll just talk about the home briefly. So this uh the address to this place is or to the house is one Levita place, um, Nyack, yeah. New York. Uh search the zip code if you don't if you need it, I guess. Um and it's described as having a charming turret, uh, which is gonna be, you know. Yeah, the uh, tower. Yep. A picturesque wraparound porch. And a fenced-in pool. Inside, there are eight bedrooms and four and a half bathrooms. Some of the period details include stained glass windows, hardwood floors, and elaborate moldings. And if you follow the link that we will add to just the current pictures of the house, because of course we don't have you know them from then, but right. like the pictures now are absolutely beautiful. The yeah. most, the majority of the house has been honestly modernized. But that main hall, the hall that made Helen fall in love with this place is still like in its original, well, at least in its form yeah. at that point, you know, it's still That's really awesome. pretty, but like you look yeah. at that and you're like, yeah, this house is probably haunted. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to tell. Dude, the, I feel like the older I get, the more I understand staying in haunted houses. Yeah. Like if you... If I had an eight bedroom, four, four and a half bath Victorian home, I don't care. I'll live with the ghosts. Uh, right. I, like, that's, yeah, man. There's no way Especially I'm giving up a house this like house, that. house now quoted, like now estimated to be worth like 2.2 million. Yeah. Um, overlooking the Hudson River, New York City, yeah. literally in the background. Like you sure. can see the skyline, like the New York City skyline, you know, yeah. from Nyack. Uh, you know, Gorgeous. so like, yeah be such a cool area and it's very like i mean 10 minute drive yeah in the city so yeah yeah i'd stay there oh without a doubt without a doubt now many others have stayed there since you know we had yeah. we had this whole court the court ruling with the St stambovsky family uh that you mm -hmm. know like they got half their original deposit back whatever yeah. this was legally you know <laughs> ruled as a legal haunting and has become known as the Ghostbuster ruling. Um, yeah. You know. 
because there was it's actually like taught to first year law students right yeah yeah it's right. literally yeah. taught to taught to first year law it's like uh when it comes to like property you know property law and real estate law and stuff like that like i mean this is yeah. a it is it's a very unique case that that is like a unique one of its kind like the only one of its yeah. kind in history um there was actually a, for a couple things i was reading about the, before we get into some other stuff but reading about like the court trial and stuff the jokes like making like punny jokes about the house being haunted and stuff and yeah. at one point he's like well who are you who are you gonna call <laughs> 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 that's why this is now like known as the ghostbuster ruling so yeah ridiculous um but since like since all that's happened i mean a lot of people have lived in the house um and just as i said at the end of the story nobody else has experienced any experiences themselves yeah that they've spoken about that, at least that they've talked about right exactly yeah um so, a lot of fairly famous people have lived there yeah exactly yeah i mean and you know basically at this point they they've talked about like maybe maybe it's because the energy there like you yeah. know for basically thinking that it's unusual for a property like this to change hands so frequently um yeah. you know that's yeah that they're not like disclosing some of that but um, you know, some of the owners, though, uh, one of the more notable in the 90s, there was Adam Brooks, a filmmaker who co-wrote the uh, screenplay for Practical Magic. Yeah. Uh, lived and he there wrote it while he was, he was in this house. Wrote right? it while he was living there. Yep. Yeah. And like the house in Practical Magic is basically another character in the movie. Like it's this huge, gorgeous. It's not a Victorian house in the in the movie, but it's this huge, gorgeous family home that basically is. The whole movie's about the damn house. Right. It's like a the perfect house. So I a lot of people I think probably assume that it's based on on this house. Yeah, I mean which I mean that's that's definitely possible. Like it could just been, you know, used as a as an influence to kind of set the I guess set the scene for for that house, yeah. right? For sure. Um after after him, Ingrid Michaelson lived in it till uh she sold it in twenty fifteen. Um, at that point, they sold it for $1.9 million. Um, <laughs> there, was a, there, was a, there was a funny comment I found that said, she didn't blame the ghost for leaving, and in fact, never mentioned anything of the paranormal nature, of course. Uh, yeah. Another resident was musician uh, Maris Yahoo. Yeah. Um, who lived there for four years until 2019. And I, as I was looking, uh, you know, in preparation for this, as I was trying to find out, because I haven't found out who currently lives there, so I was curious if it was on the market or if it was. It is currently off the market. Again, mm -hmm. quoted at two point two million, but I don't know the current owner that's living there right now. Sure. See, I my interest was piqued by Modest Yahoo because I'm not only am I a big fan of his music, but like he's a very spiritual guy. Right. Yeah. Like, very spiritual. So like. I would love to hear his take on on what it was like to live there. Right. If or he, even like you know. knowing some of the past, like, yeah. you know, it has there, you know, did he go into it knowing knowing that and expecting that or hoping for something or, yeah, you know, yeah, it's it, it would be cool to know, like, especially a lot of these people. I mean, you know, a lot of these types of properties have came and, you know, have come up uh, in, in history, especially where celebrities or like well-known figures will buy like buy them out and live there and 
just for yep. either just like that possibility or maybe like the the thrill or something i don't sure. know but um yeah i mean and nobody's reported any any similar incidents or anything like that since that's happened interesting so yeah i wonder if like the energy in the house draws artists in because i mean it's basically been occupied since the family it's been occupied by like writers and musicians right. and then i mean even at that time uh the time that the ackleys were living there towards the end helen was she was, a writer, she was right? taking like creative writing uh lessons yeah. you know like classes and stuff like that like really getting into her writing and so yeah yeah because they brought up her her story that she wrote about it they brought up in the court case right like that yeah. was one of the one of the turning yeah, points that was... is they were saying they were saying <laughs> yeah. like if she if she sort of like she was supporting the spreading of this rumor by putting the story out yeah that was and that was yeah. and that was their thing is like yeah she's you know she's basically bringing this uh, you know, bringing this up herself, but it was also that whole fact that like, if she would have been asked and she would have declined, yeah, then she would have been misleading. But she yeah. like, she said that she was very forthcoming about it, but we right. also don't have any documentation that actually said that she had provided all the information to yeah. the Stambovsky or Stam Stambovsky's such a yeah. difficult <laughs> last name. Um, you know, so there's no actual like documentation that said, but even uh ellis uh the realtor said like helen wouldn't sign any paperwork or allow them to move forward with anything until she at yeah. least said something and that's where yeah. i said that like the the man jeffrey i believe was his name uh wouldn't uh, like he just thought it was funny and just dismissed you know dismissed everything yeah but then later when he like sued he tried to say that they didn't tell them exactly at all the, he said that they had hired a contractor to go out to the house and the contractor's like oh you know the house is haunted right and they're like well, no right. not at all <laughs> yeah whatever whatever i mean i don't know given like helen's character throughout this story i tend to believe her that she oh, yeah. brought it I up agree, and, for sure and the fact that she didn't see it as a bad thing so why would she hide it yeah you know what i mean yeah i mean it was very like and just like we were, we were talking about earlier like she even said like uh, you know that if they had ever moved out, and this is well before they decided to sell, that she hopes that they come with her. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like she loved it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they did. Maybe, I mean, maybe they did. Maybe, maybe that's why no one else has reported anything. Maybe they, but that, they went She never them. said anything further after that. So I don't yeah. know. But yeah, mm. I mean, during that whole trial, like Stimbovsky, they tried to argue that all of Helen's stories devalued the property and all this other stuff because like she's like spouting all this like whatever like negativity and that was the that was the big thing like you know like he said that he didn't believe in ghosts but he knows other people do so it's gonna like be a bad you know bad investment yeah. like a risk investment or whatever like yeah high risk investment um, which is funny because i believe after after the court case was settled and all that they instantly started getting offers from all over the country. Yeah. I mean, they were selling like the story it, actually helped them sell the they house. They originally offered, it was just over 800 and then it actually sold over a million after that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they're lost, man. Yeah. And they got See the half of a $32,000 deposit back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so they got to keep 16,000 of the original yeah, deposit exactly. and they got to sell it to someone else. Yep. 
Yeah. So, I mean, who's the actual winner there? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. The Ackley's won for sure. Agreed. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, it's a, it's such a, it's such a cool story. And I know, like, like we had talked about, we were going to do a scary, scary hot for the next one. But like, <laughs> with this yeah. being such a unique case and so much to it, it honestly, I mean, we would, we would be dumb to not at least talk about this at least once. I love it because it like, it's such a unique example of handling a haunting in a way that no one seems to ever handle it. Right. And it worked for them. Yeah, exactly. You know, the fact that they were just like, hey, could you not bother me that way? <laughs> That'd be awesome. You want to tone it down like, for a little sure. bit? <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Yeah. You're no nice problem. enough to ask politely. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, I, I like it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. They mm -hmm. just found a way to, like, coexist with these, you know, with these ghosts in their yeah. house for two and a half decades. That's That's pretty awesome. I agree. I agree. And the fact that you can also, I mean, even though like the trial itself is silly and I think the ruling was more so just like a ha 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 because this is what we're actually dealing with. Like we're going to call this a legal haunt, but I, yeah, still it doesn't I, matter. I mean, I think it was, I think it was really just a matter of um, finding a solution that was like amicable for everyone yeah, involved. Of course. Mm -hmm. And so they just, as you know, as a matter of course had to be like, since it's haunted, this yep you know what i mean agreed yeah definitely unique and i think it's it's definitely one for the books to make sure we touch on and, and bring to light because i know a lot yeah. of people don't know a lot of, you know about this yeah so i i honestly i'd never heard of it before yeah it's so, definitely a neat one yeah and definitely keep an eye out because i'm I'm so digging into this. I I'm, want to I'm find looking out, forward like, the to history it. Yeah. of this house. I, yeah. I would love to. And as soon as I can find a copy of that book, man, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna hit this yeah. hard. So Absolutely. Yeah, be on the lookout. Also, you know, check out our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's where it'll gonna be. Try so. to throw some stuff out there. Yep. Yeah. But with that said, I think uh I think that wraps up this week's episode. Uh the Ackley Family Haunting. That's also episode sixty six. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at reverbnation.com slash reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And, and trust, trust in the, the unknown. unknown.